It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anto, yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Eric France and Jason Walker and uh, Jason's concerned about people looking in on him. Yeah, I don't want to like people. the windows in here. Didn't say I didn't like the windows. I just wondered why they were here. Like, what's the functionality? Or like a fishbowl. I well, mean, more the, so in that studio than it, ours. Yeah, because I guess they got, they got like three windows. We have or like windows on like almost every side. In fact, they do have windows on They have on windows every on every wall. Yeah. We've only got three where we've got one wall that's just full of posters from 2004 actually 2004 posters sitting on the desk but <laughs> yeah we have one wall that's plastered with aggie football and basketball like uh, schedule posters yeah at some point you guys stopped doing that it looks like around like 2016 or 2017 although we had uh hockey well, 2019 hockey brought theirs yeah theirs they brought in. theirs in because they saw this and they're like hey we'll bring you one too and so we got it yeah, you've got their hockey schedule. I was looking at it the other day. Oh, we got the this year's football poster up over here. Oh, do you in the corner? Yeah. Okay, cause that, I guess that one's over twenty nineteen. I guess the basketball, the oldest, the newest basketball one I'm seeing, I think is the twenty eleven twelve. I'm not seeing a newer one. You have two of the twenty eleven twenty twelve thirteen fourteen. You have schedule. two of the same schedule up there. <laughs> one of them signed though. I might steal that one. Oh well, that one's got some value. Who was on that team? <laughs> uh, Brady Jardine's on that team. Yeah, that was a solid team. Yeah. Yeah, there's some, there were some guys on that team. Yeah, but one of them fell down now, and I guess you haven't decided to put it back up yet. <laughs> this <laughs> was even one of the good teams, the 0405 team. Wasn't that one of the ones that won like 30 games? Or was that later? Uh, no, that's Ty Wesley. Yeah, that was a good team. Played the Puget Sound. An exhibition game. <laughs> Wonder how that went. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Utah State basketball, they got their blue white scrimmage coming up on Friday, and really that's your your only time to see this team outside of regular games. They will not have an exhibition game. That's so if you want to see USU basketball and how they look this year, uh, and bring your family on the cheap to see USU basketball, it's this Friday. They doing it in the Estes or? Uh, no, they're going to be doing it on the uh, on the, the floor in the spectrum. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that that is just weird. They're not doing an exhibition, which exhibitions are kind of weird in general because they are becoming a little redundant because they do run these secret scrimmages. True. Which that's I guess serving more of the point because you know especially the way um, Stu Moore used to do it is he. It's almost like a preseason game. I mean, it is. But more like in the preseason, the way we think of NBA and NFL, where you don't care about the result. You're running the things you want to see. Yeah. And, like, they tell the opponent, we want you to do this, this, and this. This is part of your contract of coming up and getting paid to do this exhibition game is you will do these things. We want to see these looks on defense, these things on offense. And so it's preparation against, you know, lesser competition. But in these, you know, secret scrimmages, you can do that against each other, and 
you also don't have to let everyone else see your plays. Right. There's no tape. At least you're not supposed to share any tape. Yeah. It's private. And uh, Utah and uh, Ryan Odom told me last Friday that Utah State will do two closed scrimmages against Power 5 opponents. Yeah. So it's a good measuring stick, a good barometer to see really what, what you have for yeah. your basketball team. So they, they'll obviously get a good idea of who they are. We will not. Although I'm already worried about the basketball team. But we can, we'll have that reserved for another show. Maybe we'll do that after the scrimmage. And I'll, I'm going to start doing my dives into – I already did like an initial dive into some of these players when they first got here, but I need to do another one, start working on my preseason coverage. Yeah, because after the show yesterday, you and I were talking about the interview that I did and that I got to observe practice uh, for almost an hour uh, last week. And then I got to thinking, I think I'm remembering a few things wrong with some of the players that he talked to me about. i got to go back and listen to that interview myself. But, um, it, yeah, it'll be a team that will depend on the sum of its parts, I think. Yeah, which is what has me worried. <laughs> now, because I, I did see Taylor Funk, because he had an injured foot. Uh, Rylan Jones had his, uh, he was in a boot. Um, but um, you know, there's some there's some talented players, but is there a, a singular dude on the Utah State basketball team this year? And I don't know. I don't think I could answer that right now. Yeah, the only guy I think could be that is a true freshman, and I don't like relying on true freshmen to be the guy on a Mountain West team because. Guys who are capable of doing that tend not to end up at Utah State. <laughs> well, look, Sam Merrill and Kobe McEwen, as freshmen, they were the guys on the teams that year. There I mean, was those, also two of those them. Those weren't great, successful teams. Yeah, that's the other thing is they weren't good. And, and, and again, they were both – they had each other Yes, in that sense. That's true. So – Utah State's maybe got one. Again, you are talking about one all-time Utah State player and Kobe McEwen, who probably could have become that if he hadn't left. So, it's possible. I think Mason Falslev can be that. It's possible. But I don't like depending on it. Because <laughs> we've had it basically twice in the last decade. Well, and you know they've, they've had some time to practice. Uh, and be together. Uh, the scrimmage will be interesting to see, you know, what they look like in kind of real game simulated situations. But uh, yeah, anyway, little basketball preview there for you. There you go. If you want more, I'd encourage you to go back and on our podcast feed and go find the interview that I was able to do with Ryan Odom last Friday. Yeah, there will be more written content coming. Yes. Uh, but really today, it's more focused on Utah State and Air Force. Uh, we'll get to a little bit about the Utah Jazz. They're in action tonight, 8 o'clock against Portland. And a stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. Because um, uh, there were a few more things I wanted to, to – a couple takeaways more that I wanted to get from Coach Anderson and the players in previewing uh, this matchup for USU on Saturday. And as we know, it's – when you preview Air Force – Let's be honest, you're not really previewing too much this player specifically or, or that player specifically and 
how maybe he changes the game one way or the other. Because it's all about the system. You plug and play different people in every year, and it's pretty much the same thing. Every now and then, once in a blue moon, Air Force might have a, a big-ish and physical receiver that you kind of have to pay attention to, which is a bit of an anomaly. Um, but look, this year's Air Force team is just like pretty much any other Air Force team Utah State has faced. And so it's more about preparing for the system than it is specifically the personnel. Because, you know, one year to the next, a quarterback might be more mobile, might have a bigger arm, you may have a dynamic wide receiver, a, a crazy running back, or uh, a linebacker who can change a, a defense or a defensive end. It really isn't like that for Air Force. Now, that being said, there are a few things to keep an eye out for this football team, and certainly one of them is their, when we're talking about their defense, this is a team that can play pretty aggressive and make it hard for you to move the ball. They give up yards uh, through the air, but they're very stout in the run defense. And here's Coach Anderson giving a bit of a preview on what Air Force does defensively and what we might see, what we expect to see on Saturday on Merlin Olsen Field. They do a great job. Number one, they shorten the game and they don't play a ton of snaps. I mean, they're, they're not going to play typically a ton of snaps. They're going to limit your possession. So when their defense does go out, it, they're not playing 80, 90 snaps a game. They're keeping it to 50 and 60, which is manageable. Uh, they're extremely sound, well, well taught, and, and they don't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, they, don't, they don't hurt themselves. They make you earn it. Now, we were able to get them in space last year and, and have probably the most explosive game against them all year, but, but that's not something you typically see them do. It, it is hard to score. They're physical. They, they make you one dimension. They stop the run uh, on, on typically on, on a weekly basis. They, they are so physical against the run. They force you to put the ball in space, and then, then I think they rally and defend it well. But I think their formula is shorten the game, play fewer snaps, be more physical than the opponent, and don't make a lot of mistakes. And that tends to be a really good defensive team. Yeah, that's the big thing with them is that their offense gives their defense a good breather. And so when their defense is on the field, they've got – Juice and verve, as Coach Calhoun likes to talk about. <laughs> yeah, the the system works, you know. And in running the triple option, it's a bit gimmicky given the the modern uh, the modern game, but it has an advantage in that sense, where teams typically aren't ready for it. You know, they're not disciplined enough to stop it, and these teams have it down do a T and you, and you can't properly prepare for the, the triple option. You try and get your practice squad to run the triple option, but do they execute it nearly as well as air force does? No, no. So they know all the things to do these, you know, the quarterback when he's reading these different things, it's almost second nature to him. He knows which of the three options he's going to go with. So, and, and your practice squad quarterback isn't going to be able to do that. So air force defensively, they have 21 tackles for loss on the year. Utah State has 40. Now, it's tough to get tackles for loss against Air Force for Utah State yeah. to get uh, tackles for loss. But USU has shown that they have an ability to make plays behind the line of scrimmage. This is a little bit different scenario this week than 
has been normal for USU. Yeah. But Air Force, only 21, which that surprises me a little bit, that they haven't had a lot of tackles for loss from what we're hearing about this defense that they have. They make it tough to run, but they're not exactly blowing guys up and getting to the other side of the field. The tricky thing is, though, with, with Utah State, though, is you know, they're playing an aggressive defense, and if you're too aggressive against a triple option, you get burned. Yes, true. Because it's designed to take advantage of over-aggressive defenders. So, and, and, you know, you mentioned not being able to get too many tackles for loss against the triple option. That's, you know, because you usually have to have a ton of great individual defensive plays where you're covering two lanes yourself, like, or two options by yourself because then you, he's out of options. If you manage to cover the running back and the quarterback somehow or just get to the quarterback too fast, then you can get a tackle for loss. That doesn't happen very often because the way it's designed, you're supposed to be able to get out of that kind of situation. And this is, uh, I've always heard this about teams trying to defend against Air Force, is that you have to be disciplined in your assignments. Once you start to freelance, that's when they will kill you. You stay on your guy, you focus on your person who you're assigned to, and don't try to, to make a play to cover for somebody else. What you think is uh, something that's you know, maybe being lax or somebody's not quite getting there. Once, once guys start floating around trying to do other things, that's when they hit you with a big explosive play because you're out of position and you're not following your assignment. Yeah, so that, that is the song and dance every time you play a triple option team is cover your own assignment. And all 11 people have to play their own assignment and especially when you're defending the pass, which, you know, that's the trick play of the day is. And so you got to be ready for it and be disciplined. Uh, here's Coach Anderson talking a little bit more about that triple option attack. I've played against triple option teams most of my career. You find out very quickly in the game if your plan is going to work or not. And, and there's games that it's 14-13, it's, you know, 13-10. There's games it's... 62 to 58, and it's, you know, 45 to 4. I've been in both of those. And, and typically, defensively, you, you put together a plan, you go in, and if you execute it well and you can, you know, really keep it to a, a low-scoring game, then, man, you're, you're excited. There are all those days, and last year was one of them, where our plan just really just wasn't very effective. Whether it was personnel or plan or all the above, they just kind of had our number, and luckily we were able to outscore them. Uh, I've been in them. In every, in every way possible. What's this week going to look like? I have no idea. We won't find out till midway in the first quarter what our plan looks like. Can we execute it? Our, can our guys keep the play action pass in front of them? Can we handle, you know, dive quarterback pitch effectively and the counters that come off of it? Man, it is a, it is a huge challenge and, and games, you don't tend to see games kind of in between. You see the really low scoring and, and a lot of punts and a lot of uh, stops or, or it's the exact opposite. It's a shootout. You, you just don't see a lot of games in between with these guys and these styles of, of, of offenses, if that makes sense. And that's pretty much been Air Force, their story so far this year. They've got three games where they scored 40 or more, and then they've had two games where they scored like two touchdowns. So that's been their, their story this year. Um, in, uh, in their season so far. Either a lot of scoring or really low scoring. Low scoring game against Wyoming in which they lost. Low scoring game against Navy in which they won. 
Yeah. Four, would it be 14 points against Wyoming in a loss, 13 against Navy in a victory. Yeah, and it, it needs to be a low-scoring affair for Utah State to have a chance in this one, in my opinion. I don't see Utah State's offense putting up 40 points against Air Force. So they need to have this be a game that's in the teens or the 20s. That's the ideal. Uh, that's the ideal. But this, see, I think this is a Utah State team that has to be able to get up on them early. That'd be nice, but when is but Utah State? But it doesn't phase Air Force. When, when does, like it would other teams. When has Utah State under Blake Anderson ever gotten out in front of anybody? <laughs> San Diego State is like the only example I can think of. That's <laughs> fair point. Like literally everybody else, they were behind. So, and one thing that's interesting about Blake Anderson's comments, he's been coaching against triple options most of his career, and I, I probably need to look back as far as his time as like coordinators because in his head coaching career, I'm pretty sure last year was his first time facing a triple option as a head coach. He does have you know, a decent amount of time as a coordinator, and I've not looked into that. Um, you know, he's like, he was at community colleges, Middle Tennessee, other places, probably ran into a triple option team at some point. But this is where he's talked about how he's done it most of his career. It's like, well, not the last, like, 10. Yeah, not with a lot regularity like you yeah. see here. So. Uh, my My text line, for some reason, got bogged down for a minute, so I just realized I've missed quite a few texts. So let's get to those. If you want to weigh in, the uh, text line is open now. It's working. 435-339-0321-5662. We were talking about targeting earlier because uh, the question about Hall, Gervin Hall, if his targeting appeal uh, it went through or if he'll have to miss the first half of the game on Saturday and haven't heard. Like I've reached out now to multiple people at Utah State, and nobody has heard. Now, I haven't reached out to a coach. I don't have a coach's number to text specifically, but people who are close to them have not heard. So it's probably not a good sign But uh, that it did that the appeal went through. But there's another follow-up to this uh, five, from 5662. Targeting with intent should be called, and I believe you can judge intent. I'm all for protecting the players. Most other soft targeting calls should be left uncalled. I don't like any player where you're trying to judge intent because I don't agree that you can judge it. Like, yeah, I think that's very tricky to, and when to you're determine. T- when you're tackling, your intent is to tackle a guy. Like, And to me, if you're doing targeting with intent, that would be spearing with the head, I guess. That's the closest you can come to judging intent. And Head forward, t- arms back. Yeah, and to me, it's it's less intent and just your technique sucks, so you deserve to be penalized for it. Yeah, but if if the offensive player starts to crouch to protect the ball and his body starts to lower his head, but you're the defender's coming in to make a clean tackle, and the offensive player moves into his space, and then the helmets collide, that shouldn't be targeting. Yeah, like the the that should be the biggest uh, adjustment to targeting is if the offensive player lowers his head, no targeting, no, not you know, no suspension or just a fifteen yard penalty, whatever. It's just straight up not targeting. That's what it should be because the point of targeting is you are targeting the head or neck area. If that's not what you're targeting, it shouldn't be a penalty. Yeah, where is the defensive player headed when he's making the tackle? Yeah, that should be a big key. 
Uh, let's see, eight, seven, nine, eight. Um, let's see, that shouldn't matter. We were having our discussion about we don't uh, throw the running ball. backs. And no. I was talking about how Briggs is supposedly not a pass blocker. Hmm. So that's that's what that's about. Saying it doesn't matter. We don't pass <laughs> we the don't ball, pass. so it doesn't matter if Briggs can't uh, you know pass protect. But I was saying I can't remember if I said this on air as as we were talking. If you keep the tight end and running back in pass blocking, what does it matter if one of them's five six and can't pass block yeah, very well? That's true. Two nine four seven. Honest truth is this is going to be an ugly year for Utah State and Jazz basketball. We just have to cover some of the other sports in the Valley that we are good at this season. Yeah. Oh, you also missed one from 8798. He, he sent in two texts Oh, where he said, we don't have the OC to use the tight end. If he wanted to use the tight ends, he'd, if wanted to use the tight ends, he'd find a way to use them. He's proved he's incompetent. Well, the, the way that they're using the tight end is in pass block uh, and in as a lead blocker from the run game. Very rarely do we see them in passing situations. Yeah. They they are basically fullbacks. But my, my argument is, well, none of the tight ends except for probably Brock Lane are competent enough in the pass game. Granted, even if they aren't super good, they're not being used anyway. So, Well, as an offensive scheme, you have to at least show that it's part of the package. Yeah, at least to give try. Give the defense something to think about. It's like one of the, you know, bringing up the UNLV again, where so many times, you know, there were – Six or seven plays where Utah State has seven pass blockers against three pass rushers. So, you know, I guess to that point, you know, while you're saying with maybe they aren't competent enough, again, at least show. Maybe they can catch a few passes. It's better than an incomplete when you're only throwing three wide receivers against eight defenders. But as far as them being used a ton and being like features in the passing game, well, they're not good enough. And that's why Brock Lane's injury is big because he's he is good enough in the passing game to be that. The others, there's some scheme issues, but I think it is also just does play with personnel. Personnel issue more than anything, yeah. Uh, and then two nine four seven with you know covering other sports that we're good at this season. Um, yeah, I mean cross country. It's uh, both men's and women's cross country made it into the top twenty five of their respective polls this week. That's cool. I don't know what sports Utah State's going to be good at this season. They're doing okay in soccer right now. They're good in volleyball. Yeah, volleyball's had some big wins. And they'll probably be good in gymnastics. And then, New coach in gymnastics. Yeah. There should be some carryover from what was last year, a really good team, even though they are replacing some people, including the coach. Um, track and field, cross country. I don't know other than that. The others are all probably going to be okay at best, including the basketball teams. Hockey? Oh, hockey, man, hockey, they can be good. Hockey might be good. Uh, 5879, this clip's for you. You're a thief and you steal, or you're a vampire that pulls from the juice and the verve and the synergy of the group, or you add to it. (laughs) I can never play it. Too much. <laughs> yes, you can. It is just so weird. Or you're a vampire that pulls from the juice. <laughs> oh. Calhoun met with the media today. Unfortunately, that audio wasn't posted until right before we went on the show. 
So I don't know if he had other weird crap that he said today. This time we talked about. So we'll use it tomorrow. This time we talked about being a zombie and eating people's (laughs) brains. So weird. Or he whined about being the homecoming opponent again. Or that Utah State has an old football team. Yeah. Or how many other disadvantages he has. It with some recruiting violations, by the way. Air Force? Yeah. That was made news uh, last week, right? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, they Because they were recruiting during the dead period for COVID. (laughs) Of course, Calhoun would do that. (laughs) All right. I don't don't like Troy Calhoun, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) We're not big fans. Uh, Another uh, quick time out here on the Full Court Press. Love to continue to hear from you. More texts coming through. We'll get to those. 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in. Uh, We'll be back here in about three and a half minutes. Uh, But Mountain West Motor... They've got a selection of trucks and SUVs that have been specially customized for your next adventure. So whether that's hauling trailers, hauling kids, roaming in the mountains, uh, you're going to head off to the the hunt. If you want to just have a sweet ride, go check out what their inventory looks like at Mountain West Motor. Uh, Or you can check them out online, too, and see what their inventory is there. MWMotor.com. Or stop by and check them out in person at 615 North Main in Logan. It's USU Homecoming Week, and you can show your Aggie pride with a stop at the Aggie fans' favorite place to shop, and that's Locker 42. They have a store full of everything Aggie. Aggie logo jackets and hoodies and long and short sleeve t-shirts. Pick out a new Aggie hat from dozens of hat choices as well. Game time temperatures will be cool, but you can stay warm with a plush Aggie blanket. Shop the Locker 42 location that's the most convenient for you. 1430 North Main next to Little Caesars and the flagship store downtown at 36 South Main. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. You lead a busy life. When do you have time to get your vehicle serviced? Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan can help. They're now open on Sundays to better serve you. If life is too hectic during the weekdays and Saturday is crazy like normal, go see them on Sunday. Get your oil changed and they'll also check other fluids and recharge your AC. Stay in your car while their trained pros service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Open seven days a week across from Angie's. I'm here with Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden. Mark, can you tell us a little about your experience with ChemDry of Northern Utah? You know, our carpets get really dirty at Anderson Seed and Garden, and we clean every January. Our timing is is kind of difficult. I called Daryl, and he was amazing to work around our schedule. They came in and cleaned our carpets. They looked like brand new when they were all done, and uh, they've just been amazing to work with. ChemDry of Northern Utah. Seven five two six one hundred. 
The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. You know, losing Sandy and Phil for the season has been really hard, but um, Bo Miley and Tavian Coleman have, been, have done an excellent job stepping up. Um, there was no hesitation to, for them, no fear. They just um, stepped up when their name was called, and they've been doing a great job. I know that as the weeks go on and as practices keep going, that they're going to get better and better, and um, I trust them 100% to play, play for us and play alongside us. Hale Motuapuaka, and uh, there's been some some guys go down to injury there on that interior defensive front for Utah State, and it's going to be a war in the trenches, as uh, as he talked about on another bite. But there's you know this is a, a team relying on some young, kind of unproven guys in a complicated system that's coming at them on Saturday. Yeah, and they lost two guys in the defensive line for the season. One of them was already like a redshirt freshman who's actually like leading the team to the interior D-line in snaps, partly because of injuries, because Holly's missed some time and, and they'd already had one guy go down to injury. So now they have to rely on guys even further down the depth chart. So it, it's getting trickier on that interior defensive line where we talked about them being deep on the D-line. Well, that depth is being tested pretty hard right now. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and and, and against an opponent where... That's tough to get your first looks. Yeah. Triple option, when you have great you know, defensive linemen or even sometimes great linebackers or both, that's why you're stopping them because they're making dynamic individual plays or you know just dominating all their matchups. When everyone dominates their matchup in the triple option, it doesn't go anywhere. So one or two great individual you know, players in a defense doesn't stop the triple option. So it's... It's nice to have Halle, and it's nice to have, you know, Grishik or Vons or Joyner or Tafisi, you know, playing well. But, like, you got to have everyone. <laughs> Every, yeah, right. Everybody has to be on point on yeah. Saturday. A lot of these guys are young, inexperienced, or not necessarily elite. That's not a good combination. It's, uh, it's rough. 6865, texting in. The fan is way better than KSL Sports Talk Radio. Hashtag Real Talk. Well, they never talk about Utah State, so of course. Thank you, 6865. Appreciate the love. Uh, 5879, I'm dying laughing. <laughs> it's from the uh, Troy Calhoun soundbite yeah. from last. I don't know. I got to remember when that was originally. I think it's from two years ago. Did the Yankees play him two years ago? Yeah, they play him every year. I guess that's true. They did play him two years ago. I couldn't remember if COVID, they didn't play him whatever. They played him. All right, uh, four seven eight one. Jazz aren't going to suck. Let's see them play in the first two months and then judge. I'll bet Eric and Jason a pie to the face that the Jazz finish with a better record than the Cavs this year. I'd take that bet. Uh, what flavor do you like your pie? Four seven eight one. You're going to so, eat it. Someone listens to the Dan Patrick show. <laughs> so do I, though. So, but Cavaliers like, have three likely All Stars. Utah. Probably doesn't have one. They have zero. They have zero All-Stars. That's how many All-Stars they have. Yeah. So, and this is kind of like a take I saw on Twitter. I only It was like a four days ago. I'm surprised why it showed up in my feed today, but it was saying the if the Jazz, I think he said if the Jazz started 
Conley, Sexton, Beasley, Markkinen, and Olenek. It'd be the number one offense in the NBA. And it's just like, oh my gosh. This is, that, that's the kind of, you know, thing that I've been warning against. I've been trying to pull back against some of this stuff where people are starting to hype up what is a bad basketball team and saying, oh, look, Markkinen, he scored like 40 points in Euroball. Okay, he's going to score 17 a game in the NBA as a featured member of the offense at best. Um, and you know, they say, oh, look how good these guys are. And I'm like, okay, there's going to be some fun things. I think this offense can do some fun things. There's a possibility they set the single-game three-point record in franchise history with this team. May not bet that it will happen, but it's possible. Because you know, because the three-point shooting and you know the five out and some of the guys they have on this team, it's a possibility. But you know, it is also like when somebody said like the Markin and Vanderbilt Olinick front court, or maybe it was oh no, it was Fontecchio uh, Vanderbilt and Markin. Yeah, that's right. Because before the Olinick. Yeah, trade. So they're they saying that front court would be a problem. And I was like, for who? <laughs> for the uh, Puget Sound College that Utah State played back in 2004? <laughs> like, seriously, let's not exaggerate to the point where we're thinking this team is going to be, like, really good. Will they be competent at times? Yes. They're going to have some fun halves. They're going to have some fun games. They can catch some teams off guard. They can beat someone they're not supposed to beat because – you know, they're, they're, like I said, with the, the three-point shooting and maybe having a new coach where they maybe pull out some surprises, it could be fun at times. But please do not go out there and say that their lineups are going to be huge problems for people or that they'll have a better record than the Cavs. <laughs> like, please, don't do that. Granted, it was preseason, and you're running through guys and just trying to see what you have. You're going deep on the roster. But Utah Jazz were down by one at half, and then they lose by, like, 30. But here's what Will Hardy said uh, about their Utah's first half and what went well for them. Yeah, I think, I mean, in the first half, we had 14 of our 18 makes were assisted. Again, I thought the ball moved around well. We got off 43s. Um, I think, in general, the shots we're okay until about midway through the third quarter and we got a little bit bogged down offensively and um, you know Toronto credit to them they did a great job of you know taking us out of what we wanted to run it's uh, look there's a lot of new guys on this team yeah and and I get it I think there's some degree where you may be right like give this jazz team some time before we really judge but Time to do what? Suddenly become star players? <laughs> well, okay, like uh, understanding like, the offense and how, who each other are, understanding your teammates. It's a new coach, and you got new players, and how to execute it. it, it that takes some time to gain some rhythm and understanding. Okay, but there's a point of getting better throughout the season and being a borderline playoff team, which, granted, I, I – Said that earlier when we were talking to Dan Clayton. I was like, this is borderline playoff team. And I've had to completely disabuse that notion from my own head because I was wrong. I don't know why I said that because <laughs> I actually started thinking about it. But, like, look at like look, look at the lineup. Like, Mike Conley entering his age 35 season. He's not getting any better. And he's going to be injury prone. Colin Sexton is a guy who's coming off a major injury and – he was cast off from a team despite being a 25-point-per-game scorer or something like that. 
Beasley's a bench player. Vanderbilt's a bench player. Olenek's a bench player. Fontecchio is a fringe NBA player to begin with. Clarkson's a bench player. Like Half your team in rotation are bench players, and five of them have to start. Like, yes, there's things for us to be excited about, and I am excited about certain aspects of this team. I'm excited to see how the offense works, and I'll ignore the defensive side because that's not going to be good. <laughs> I'm interested to see how Will Hardy shakes things up in Utah. We see some things we haven't seen before, some fun five-out offense, maybe some versatility from some of these guys. I'm excited to see some of that, and then I'm excited to go watch some highlights of some college players <laughs> and international <laughs> prospects. That's what I'm looking forward to this basketball season. Be excited for the things we can be excited about. They do exist. Please don't pretend that the Jazz is going to be a playoff team or they're going to cause problems for teams and, again, like end up with a really good record. They'll win. You know, the, What's the over-under? 24 games, 25 games now? Uh, it's somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, that's a pretty much spot on where they're going to land. Uh, see, I'd, I'd take them. To, I'd go over. I'd take the over. I don't know. I might take Maybe. the under. Uh, a couple more texts from 4781. Wanting to know what flavor of pie we want. Uh, if we get a pie in the face, I would, I'd probably go with the coconut cream. It goes soft in the face if, I, <laughs> if I'm wrong. Uh, also, Clarkston can be an all-star. Marketin scoring 17 plus. Sexton scoring 23 plus. Connolly getting 13 is not that bad. Have some faith in your team, guys. And then, Eric, you're starting to sound a lot like that jazz hater named Ajay. <laughs> and then how far into his career did it take Rudy to even get to the NBA? Give some guys some time. Goodness, bunch of Debbie Downers over here. Okay, how many of these <laughs> these guys have been here a long time in the NBA? And, and far, like, is long as it took Rudy Gobert to get into the NBA? Well, it did take Rudy long to get to the NBA, but it took him a while to become the player he is today, an all-star and all-defensive guy. He started out his career spending a chunk of his time in the G League. So, yeah, it takes guys some time to adapt to the NBA level. Rudy Gobert was in the G League because his head coach was an idiot. Well... Uh, I don't know about that, but he he needed time to develop. Um, he had t- some time to develop, but in his second year, he started thirty-seven games and was starting. He was an every night starter by year three. Didn't take him very long. No, but some guys it takes a minute to catch and, up to the speed of and, the NBA. And who's going to suddenly make an improvement? Is marketing in like year six suddenly going to be a twenty-five point per game guy? Is Mike Conley, who's now thirty-five? going to suddenly discover a second win and be a 25-point-per-game score? Who's going to make a random improvement because they haven't been in the NBA long enough? Colin Sexton. I mean, he's the, Coming off a major injury? Well, just based on where he was, where his trajectory was before the injury, yeah. I mean, that's probably your most likely... Like, if he gets back to where he was scoring-wise, that's the best-case scenario, is getting back to his previous scoring level, maybe plus some playmaking. So, so there's And the thing is, when you're talking about uh, some of the things 471 brought up, offensively, I don't have too many issues with this team. I've said that's one of the things I'm looking forward to, some excitement. It's the defensive part of the floor where they're going to be awful, and then while these guys are good in places offensively, there's nobody elite offensively. No, then that, that's totally fair. Sexton is the closest you get, where he's the closest you have to an elite score. So in the again preseason, 
Take that for what it's worth. But in their game against Toronto, leading scorer was Laurie Markin with 20 points. Uh, your leading rebounders, because they were tied, Kelly Olenek with six and Rudy Gay with six. Uh, leading assist man was Jared Vanderbilt, who had six assists, only two points. Um, your leading blocks, your player who led in blocks, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, of all people. You have one? You have three. Really? That is interesting. Vanderbilt's an interesting player because him getting six assists is actually interesting. Six assists, three rebounds, two points, one block. Yeah. Vanderbilt's the kind of guy that I'm curious to watch him play knowing that his stat line is going to look unimpressive, but that he could have an impact on the game despite an unimpressive stat line. I would agree with that. Uh, Also, interesting note, Malik Beasley, only 2 of 12. For a guy who said he wants to be an all-star, shooting the ball a lot, but not making shots. He's another Jordan Clarkson. He's, He's that archetype of... Uh, spark plug score. By the way, Clarkson had seven points, five assists, three rebounds for the Jazz. i got to take another quick timeout here on the Full Court Press. More of your texts are coming through. We'll get to those. And the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. Schreiber Foods wants to give a big thanks to the community for your support during their 50-year celebration. Thanks to you, they exceeded their goals for money raised and food donated for the Cash Food Pantry. Over 60,000 boxes of birthday cake mix was donated and thousands of dollars raised, all to help feed hungry families in our community. You also helped set a world record for the largest macaroni and cheese dish ever made, over 4,700 pounds, and it was delicious. In fact, so many people have asked for the recipe that you can now pick up that exact recipe at the Logan Schreiber Foods Office, 885 North, 600 West. Local restaurants donated proceeds like Texas Roadhouse, Chick-fil-A, Firehouse Pizza, Los Primos, Sabores, Tandoori Oven, and Cafe Sabor. They also want to thank their dedicated Triber Foods employees for all the difference you make in feeding the world and doing good through food. Again, thank you from everyone at Triber Foods. They couldn't have done it without you. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor. We love the Cache Valley. Thank you for all of your support since we opened in February. Every one of our rigs is built for your adventure. We invite you to stop by at 615 North Main when thinking about a new rig. At Mountain West Motor, we have Ford Broncos, Ram TRXs, but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20k. Check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com. And for news and events, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. 
Hi, this is Tyler. Recently, my father passed away, and White Pine provided the funeral services for our family. They were friendly, thoughtful, and attentive to every detail. You know, it isn't often that a loved one passes away, so it was very important to my family that everything be handled just right. Because my dad was loved by so many people, we had a lot of family and friends that traveled from out of town. I really appreciate how White Pine Funeral Services made sure everyone was comfortable and that the focus was where it needed to be, on my dad and my family. They really took care of us during this tender time. Hi, my name is Chad Mangum from Aegis Home Health and Hospice. For the last 21 years, I've been providing nursing services to the community of Cache, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Aegis represents the breastplate of Zeus and is symbolic of being a protector of the community. At Aegis Healthcare, we know you will experience the difference. With our core values of character, experience, and trust, we know that we can meet any of your healthcare needs wherever you call home. Call us today at 723-9000 or check us out at myagis.com. They never could play it, but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press. Either you're a thief and you steal, or you're a vampire that pulls from the juice and the verve and the synergy of the group. Or you add to it. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. It's October. It's, you know, it's appropriate to talk about vampires. <laughs> Verve and juice, I guess. Uh, a couple more texts coming through. Uh, 5879. On September 16th, during the Mountain West portion of your show, that day there was another so weird it was awesome Calhoun quote. He went on and on about training with wet and bloated and slippery footballs. Ah, all right. I'll go find that. There's a kicker once who trained by kicking waterlogged footballs. <laughs> that kicker who actually owns the record for the longest field goal field goal kicked in at least a college game, which is also longer than the longest NFL kick. I'm making a note. September 16th, this week in the Mountain West. No. Okay. Next. I'm gonna go find it. <laughs> I'm gonna go find it. Uh, Seven nine nine four over under. For Jazz wins on the season, Linus set at 28. What's your pick, over or under? So when you said it was 25, you were taking the under. Yeah, I think I'd take the under. I think I'd take the over. 30 sounds more of what's in my head. I think a couple of these guys are a little injury prone. We're probably going to miss games from Conley, Sexton, and Olenek. That's going to be hard for an already bad Jazz team to deal with. 4781, Clarkson can make a huge jump. A difference in the system can help him. I'll take any of our guys' defense over the bum Donovan Mitchell any day. What what jump is Clarkson going to make? He plays 27 minutes, takes 15 shots a game, and averages 16 points. Like the change in system where he takes even more shots off the bench? I, I think he'll play a similar role on this team as he did in years past. Yeah. At his best, he averaged 18 points. So he could do that, theoretically. Like what j- huge jump is he going to make? There's not one there. Like we talked about Justin Bean, he made that, you know, some of his jumps. They were logical because that, that first jump he made, we kind of moved into the actual lineup. Now, I think he maybe even to the starting lineup. Okay, he was going to do more. So we got more. And then he made the jump from kind of role player to being the lead guy. There was another big jump. There's logic behind here's how he's going to make his big jump. Where's the big jump for any of these players? You have to be able to see it in bigger role or more development, or something like that. 
and there's not any players in the Jazz that really fit that. 7854. Jason needs to back off. Last year's Jazz team had two All-Stars and a sixth man of the year, got bounced in the first round. Are you ready for that over and over again? Ask me if I'm ready to see the what? I don't know if I fully understand the question. Are you ready for that over and over again? Getting bounced in the first round, maybe? They're not going to get bounced in the first round this year. The team clearly had to make some changes. I didn't didn't expect the wholesale changes that we've seen this year. Remember at the end of the year, I said one of three things will one of three guys will be gone. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, or Quinn Snyder. I did not expect all three to be gone. I was kind of hoping all three would be gone because I was kind of wanting this. Not that I dislike any of those three people. I just wanted to see this kind of change. And I know not everybody loves it. Some people really hate the fact that the Jazz aren't going to be good. Some people are in denial over it. <laughs> but Sometimes you got to get worse before it gets better, and honestly, That's how you get off a of play out of playoff purgatory. Yeah. And honestly, if you'd ask me, do I think this is going to work and get the Jazz a championship? I'm pessimistic and say the odds are not good that this will work. And that's just how it is. Odds are this rebuild will not work. But you got to try something. You know this. I want to see a championship in my lifetime, and I believe this is, you know, it's going to be rough at first, but I think it's an easier path um, than the one they were on. All right, another quick timeout. We want to come back to Stack to Blow Our Minds and our Player of the Week. Cold weather is here. Let the gold medal winner in the best of Northern Utah's fireplace category help you update your home with Heat and Glow's full line of gas or wood-burning products. Building a new home? Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove design and install your fireplace. From traditional to modern, Heat and Glow has something for every design and every budget. Install a product that will allow your family to make memories for years to come. Stop by at their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. Uh, This may be a bit of a one-sided stat and player because I just realized I left it at my desk. Can you remember who it is? I I can get my player, but I don't know if I you can get my stat. You won't be able to deliver the stat. Oh, I forgot I didn't research my – or I didn't, like, confirm my stat. I was supposed to research and dig into it again. I mean, I can generally speak about what my stat was about. <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, let's start with the player. Let's start there. Time to see who the real MVP is. If you have a good game, your game is going to say that. You, know, you don't have to say it. Puts a lot of cool things in perspective anytime you're the first time doing something. It's the Full Court Press Player of the Week. Let's go! All right, my Player of the Week. Shout out to Cameron Todd. 
Um, he was uh, from Utah State cross country, led the Aggies to a third place finish out of 46 different teams in fashion. He finished third overall out of 428 runners at the Paul Short Run in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, just this past weekend. So shout out to USU Cross Country. Yeah. So uh, my uh, player of the week, uh, we had our high school player of the week, which went to Revan Egbert, Skyview running back. Uh, my vote went to somebody else, uh, and I actually tweeted about this uh, a few days ago. Uh, Titan Mason for Logan. Probably one of the best two-way performances I've seen. Um, he had 122 rushing yards, four touchdowns. All of Logan's touchdowns came from him in the 28-14 win. He had four receptions for 10 yards. But on defense, he also added nine tackles. Six of those were solo. He had two tackles for loss, forced to fumble, and had three fumble recoveries. So That's nuts. He was a, a beast on both sides of the field. And I thought it was not to take away from Egbert because, I mean, he ran for 211 yards against, like, the best defense in the region. So there's a reason he won the player of the week. But I just wanted to highlight Titan Mason, how well he played this he, past Friday. He got my vote, too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know that. All right, so those are our players of the week. What about a stat that blew our minds? Let's take a look at the numbers. It's the stat that blew our minds. He did what? On the full court press. Wow, that blew my mind. I found my stat. There you go. I was able to recover it. This is baseball. Dodgers, first National League team to win 110 games since the 1909 Pirates. And that's okay. That's interesting. But here's what blows my mind. 94 of those 110 wins have come by multiple runs. And that passes the 1998 Yankees for the most of such wins in Major League Baseball history. There you go. So uh, mine is, uh, after this week, the Detroit Lions offense is on pace to score more points than all but one other team in NFL history, and I think it's the 2013 Broncos. The Lions? Yeah, the Lions. Their wow. offense has like 140 points this season, I believe. But they're also on pace to allow the most points in NFL history. <laughs> so they're scoring a ton. And, I mean, this last week they lost like 45-42 or something like that. It was, I, think, yeah, I think it was like 45-42 or 41 or something like that. That's a the, lot the, of the The NFL. Seahawks scored like 45 and the Lions scored like 41 points. So kind of indicative of their whole season where they score a ton of points but also give up a ton of points. Isn't it? Did I see this earlier too? That Detroit has the quarterback with the most touchdowns and the running back with the most touchdowns through the first four games. I cannot confirm that. I wouldn't be surprised. I picked up the running back in fantasy and then didn't put him in my starting lineup as he proceeded to score two touchdowns. They <laughs> have like a hundred. The the former BYU running back Jamal Williams. That's always fun when you pick somebody up and then you don't start them and they have a big game. Yeah. Yeah. Probably play him in the future though. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Good idea. Um, yeah, the Lions are the sixth team in the Super Bowl era to have both the pass touchdown and rush touchdown leader through four games. And they're one in three, I believe. <laughs> that's, that's not great. Nope. Uh, hey, that's going to do it for us tonight here in the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in. A lot of great interaction on the Full Court Press text line. Always appreciate you guys. 
weighing in and being part of the show always makes it fun. Don't forget, if you missed any of the past shows or other parts of the show that we did today, past episodes, past interviews, you want to go back and listen, go find it on the Full Court Press podcast feed, wherever you uh, find podcasts. Also, you can listen on our website, 1069thefan.com, or on our very free and easy-to-download 1069 The Fan mobile app. 